This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Hi, episode number 39, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter here, and Mike Bradley off this week. Yep, but don't worry, he'll be back with us next week here. And uh, this portion of the program, sponsored by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. We've hit the slow part of the season for high school sports, and you've got uh, the Little League playoffs are uh, starting. The All-Star tournaments are starting But I wanted to focus this week on racing. We've got a local family, the Waddell family out of Centerville, uh, that has been racing for many years. And uh, it was a unique weekend for them this past Saturday at Dominion Raceway in Thornburg, Virginia, as father and son both won races uh, for the first time at Dominion Raceway. Uh, Dad won his second race of the year, the other wing coming at Shenandoah Speedway. But we've got Mike Waddell, who is the dad, and 12-year-old Connor Waddell, who is the son. And hi, guys. want to thank you for joining me today. Hi, Mark. Thanks for inviting us on. Yeah. So let's start with you, Mike. You... uh, uh, you own Seven Seas Yacht Services. Uh, that is based uh, in the Ken Island area, servicing via you know boats all over the nation. Where did the desire to race come from? Uh, for me, I was um, helping run a business out of Norfolk fifteen plus years ago, and I saw a newspaper ad for arena racing and come buy a car and try it today. And sight unseen, I went and bought a car. Yeah, now Arena Racing, that was a a series that was around in uh, Richmond and Hampton and Norfolk and uh, has since gone away. They also had uh, a series that got started in Charlotte and also in Michigan. And and that's where I actually met you uh, for the first time was with Arena Racing. And for you, you got into it because you just wanted to have some fun. Uh, Yep, I uh, was finally financially secure and... Always loved watching it and wanted to give it a try and see if I was any good. Is that good advice for anybody that's thinking about getting into racing? Make sure you're financially secure first. <laughs> if you are financially secure, you won't be long. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you raced, uh, well, I guess uh, with arena racing for several years. And then along came Connor and... Was the dream all along the, to get Connor involved in racing? Um, well, yes, because as soon as he was able to talk, move, or walk, uh, he watched us race a lot, and it's all he ever thought about. And, um, yeah, from as soon as he could talk, that's all he talked. So, so Connor, you got into driving what? Uh, quarter midgets, right? Yeah, when I was four and a half. Dad bought me a quarter visit from Don. Uh, and you mentioned Don, Don Hughes out of Cordova, who passed away a couple of years ago from cancer. Uh, but because Don's son, Tyler, ran quarter midgets and they were pretty good at it. And so when you started ra- racing quarter midgets, it took you, what, about a year to get that first win, right? Yeah. Mainly just took seat time to me. Yeah. 
So now yeah, Connor's memory might be a little bit shy on that. He started racing at four and a half, but they wouldn't let him race in competition until he was five, which was September twenty second. Okay. So it's the end of the race season for us. So, but the next year, by the time he got back into quarter midgets, he had had. We would go to the quarter midget track and practice during halftime every single week because he was never old enough to race in competition. So we just practiced and watched those children every year for the first six months. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, when he turned September 22nd, he turned five. They let us run the last three races of the year. And Connor did okay. The next year, when he was now five, the same age most people were, we retook rookie school because quarter midgets, they offer a rookie school, which is a great program. But uh, from there... He um, won almost every single rookie race until we moved up into junior. And, and he didn't stay in the rookie series for a whole year. I mean, he moved up in the middle of the year, right? Yeah, we ran about six rookie races before they moved him up because he was winning every one. Yeah. Went right into juniors. And then from there, you're right, against the juniors, which were, you know, those children had a lot more experience. Right, and a little um, older. Think, <laughs> yeah, a little uh, Yeah, between five and eight years old. We... um I think we won one near the end of that season that year as the junior. And then the next year and the next year and the next year after that, when we finished up our junior years as a six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, uh, we got better and better and better. By the time he was eight years old, we were we were hard to beat no matter where we went. We're talking with Mike and Connor Waddell. They picked up wins this past week. We'll get to that here momentarily. This portion of the podcast sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. So, Mike, you moved on from the mini cups, uh, the arena racing and what year did you start driving the Legend Series? Uh, 2011, I ran Legends for the first time at Old Dominion Speedway. So 2011, 2012, Old Dominion, they closed after that. And then from there, we traveled Shenandoah, Langley, New Dominion. And, and traveled around a little bit on that. Uh, now, there is an age limit for the Legends cars um, at sanctioned racetracks, I guess you could say. Um, and what is that age limit? Twelve years old is the minimum age to race a legend car. Okay, but now you did get. Didn't Connor get to run a legend car at uh, Shenandoah before then? Yes, at ten years old, I went ahead and put a seat in the car for Connor and let him run my orange legend car. Mm-hmm. He did a pretty good job. I mean, first couple races, and and, then, and learned. Yep, and then we uh, built a car from Tyler's old car, Tyler Hughes's old car for him for last year when he was only 11 and Shenandoah and Evergreen Raceway both let him race there so we competed full seasons at both tracks so he got in about um, 12 to 14 races I'd say. And Evergreen located in Pennsylvania uh, a, a, a lot of racetracks around and they all have different rules or what have you but when it comes to the INEX Legends Series uh, yeah, this is a series that's very competitive and uh, Connor, you have been close this year to winning a couple of races and just couldn't quite finish it off. Did this year, up until this past Saturday night, has it been frustrating at times for you? Yeah, it was just so close, and my teammate always just got me. Mainly, 
on skill because our setups were pretty much the same every, everywhere we go. But it, sometimes it was a little frustrating, but... Now, the teammate he's talking about is a uh, youngster by the name of Alec Andrex out of Annapolis. Uh, he has a couple of wins at Dominion Raceway. And, and, Mike, you, just like Connor, you've been close this year. He seems to be out-qualifying you at uh, a lot of places. But when it comes to the race, he just, uh, I, I don't know. It just, he wasn't able to finish in front um, whether it was a lapped car, which seemed to be a problem this past week as well. But what at what point did you see the biggest improvement in Connor's driving over the course of this year? I think that Connor's had a lot more confidence this year um, overall, right, right out of the box, but mainly when we got back from Florida. Running that week at Florida with the Winter Nationals with the Inex teams that was in um, Citrus County Speedway, mm-hmm. but running the Winter Nationals against a couple hundred children every single day, all day for a week straight, is a w- year's worth of experience at a home track. All right, let's talk about this past Saturday night and uh, in race number one, um, the four cars that were up front were the class of the field. The four cars, of course, you and Connor, Charlie Beals, and also Alec Andrex. I mean, nobody else could really keep up with you guys after a couple of laps. So you were clearly the class of the field. Then uh, you had uh, Charlie Beals, who has won a couple of races this year, and and Alec right there. And, And so... Charlie was first, Connor was second, Alec was third, you were fourth, probably about five or six car lengths back. And Connor had a shot and took it down into the entrance to turn number one. And I think he was there to the rear wheel. Charlie came down on him a little bit. And by that point, Connor had gotten on the brakes, just didn't get on the brakes quick enough, I guess, because his right front wheel seemed to have hit the bumper of Charlie, turned him around, and it ended up collecting uh, both Connor and Charlie and Alec Andrex. Um, and you ended up getting the win. What was the thought that went through your head when you saw those three spin in front of you? Well, I was bummed for you know the two children that uh, race out of my shop. And um, you know, with only four to go, I, I knew all I had to do was not mess up the restart, and I was going to win that race. So, I mean, it's, it's nice winning. I love winning, but it's bittersweet because, man, my, my you know, my kids should have been there. I should have been racing against my kids for it. And uh, so you end up getting your second win of the year. Your first one came a few weeks ago at uh, Shenandoah Speedway in Virginia. Still, the elation had to be there. You mentioned the bittersweetness, but, but being able to win at Dominion, a place that you have not been able to win at, um, it, you know, it, it had to feel pretty good. Yeah, it felt great. I've I raced there since the day they opened. I've, I've been on the pole several times. I've led a lot of laps there. Uh, one night I spun myself out in the lead, and other times the young guns. You know, there's, my reflexes aren't as fast as they used to be being in my mid-50s. And, and sometimes I think, ooh, I would have saved that faster. And, you know, just thinking that alone is is enough proof that uh, I'm slowing down a little bit. But I'm still pretty good for an old guy. And uh, <laughs> it was nice to win. It was really nice to win, but it felt good. So race number two comes up, and Connor came back and finished eighth. The crew worked on Alex's car and got it fixed in time for the second race, and Charlie Beals was back out there as well. So, Connor, you started eighth in that race and then methodically started picking your way through the field, 
And wouldn't you know, lap cars come into play yet again. But it's got to be so much fun able to race and be so racy with you know two or three others over the course of an event. Yeah, it, it's great being out front finally because last year I struggled to maintain with them and I just never could drive as hard as them. But this year I've, I've seemed to be right there and I've always been right there when you know they touch or they move each other, so it, it's a great feeling. So what is the difference, you think, between last year and this year for you being able to compete and run? Do you have better equipment? Is Dad finally unleashing you a little bit, or are you just better? Uh, I think it's kind of the skill side of things because the setup's always been there. But last year, I've always never will take a chance. But after Winter Nationals, I just feel so much more confident in racing. Your dad mentioned the confidence there. So... You're racing and slicing and dicing with Alec Andricks. You led many laps in that race. Charlie Beals was there. Uh, Alec got under him. You followed him through. And then Alec leading, coming off turn two, then with the final lap, a lap car was right there in the middle. Alec went high. You decided to take a shot low. And at the entrance to three, you were leading. And it looked like Alec had the momentum again coming off of three and four heading to the checkered flag and a lap car was right there and Alec had to go high to avoid that lap car and again you went low Alec ended up jumping that rear tire and you ended up picking your first victory up for the year how'd that feel it was a great feeling I mean I've I've always wanted one and I've had so many dreams about one and just to finally do it, it was just so so great now you're in your 12 year old and you, what, I guess you just uh, got out of sixth grade, right? You'll be heading to middle school, seventh grade? Yeah. So do the ladies love you for that? I mean, when you go to school and you tell the girls that you race race cars, I mean, and, and, and your guy friends too, I mean, what what do they say? Um, A lot of them don't really care because they don't really get what the sport means to me, but yeah. I don't, I don't really mind their opinions that much because I know that I love the sport and they can't change me from that. We're talking with Connor and Mike Waddell. This portion of the podcast sponsored by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Connor, I want to continue that conversation with you real quick about the the students you go to school with and how they don't get it. Is it because they don't care and you don't have that relationship with them, or are they just they just seem like they're not interested at all? Well, they don't really see racing as like a sport. They, oh. you know, play baseball or soccer or football, but they they don't really get what I do. But it's, it's all right with me. Would it be easier if, if like, if we had a racetrack here on the shore? Would it be easier, you think, for them to maybe develop an appreciation for the sport? I, I don't really know because a lot of them, I don't think they could do it financially. Okay, it, it does. It does cost a lot of money to do just that, and. Uh, you know, it's one of those sports when you look at the legends 
and just being 12 and just being allowed to race at, at an INEX sanctioned event, what is the goal for you? Uh, bring the car home in one piece so we don't have to work on it and just get as many wins as I can this year and learn. So that's that's the short-term goal. Where do you see yourself racing in five years, ten years? Uh, soon here, I think I'll be in a late model, and I don't know where I'll go from that, but hopefully I'll at least make it to trucks or Sunday. You say in, in your senior year? No. When, at what point do you see yourself in a late model? Uh. So next year, at the end of the year, I believe we're going to start building one. And okay. Testing. And, and then when I'm 14, when I can finally get my NASCAR license, I think that's the year that I'll want one. So those that aren't familiar, NASCAR is the sanctioning body uh, of the NASCAR late model stock cars that actually got their start at Old Dominion Speedway way back when. Uh, my dad actually had a part in, in the development of that series with Dick Gore, the owner uh, at the time of Old Dominion Speedway. That has since been replaced by housing development, and they've uh, Steve Britt's now opened up a nice racetrack in Thornburg, Virginia, exit 118 off of I-95. NASCAR late model stock car is one of the most competitive series out there, but it's also one of the most expensive. Do you see you having to uh, get Dad to foot the bill, or do you think you can find somebody to race for? Or would you not want to race for somebody else? Um, I would love to race for somebody else, but I think for the first year or so, I think Dad's going to have to put down some money for me. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't go cheap. It's not cheap. No, it is not cheap, and racing is rather expensive. And, uh, Mike, let's, let's talk about that. For those that aren't familiar, the Legends cars, fill folks in what, what they look like and what kind of motor they have. Uh, they they mimic 1930s cars. Most people are running either a 1934 Ford coupe or sedan, but mostly coupes mm-hmm. on asphalt, or a 1937 Chevy sedan or coupe. But most people are running the coupes on asphalt. So they either look like a 34 Ford or a 34 Chevy. And uh, they're powered by a 900cc Yamaha motorcycle motors with a six-speed transmission. They're quite capable of 140 miles an hour. We have been 140 miles in the last few months in them. At um, Summit Point Raceway, which is a road course, you come out of turn 10 at about 90 miles an hour, and then they have a three-quarter mile long front stretch mm. downhill. Mm. And you're doing 140 when you got to lock it down and slow it down at 30 miles an hour to make turn one. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. But, I mean, they're they're very fast cars. They're... Um, the hardest car in the world to drive because the short wheelbase, they're extremely twitchy. They're only 1,300 pounds whip drive. They're only 1,230 pounds nowadays. It used to be 1,300 with the old motors, but they're 1,230 pounds with driver. So the, and they're putting out about 150 horsepower. And the power to weight ratio is, is um, you know, it's, it's higher than a late model. It's, you have to learn throttle control. The short wheelbase causes them to be real twitchy. You got to be able to save them and catch them, and that's why we race them. Because it, once you learn how to run a legend car really well, you can drive just about anything. And a, a gentleman by the name of Ryan Matthews, who has run uh, uh, the legends cars in the past, and he's made that transition pretty well for the uh, for the late model division. 
So what is your goal for Connor? We heard what his vision is for the next five to ten years. What is your goal for him? Um, I think he's called it out pretty good. I think the next step is going to be for us to um, build a late model at the end of next year and uh, go run it. We're real lucky because we own the equipment to build a car and maintain a car. I, I don't know how that'll go financially. We'll have to work that out. Yeah. But either way, <laughs> either way, we're we're going to get one done for sure, and um, see where it takes us from there. And you know, I don't have any plans past that ever, right. because you know, to move into Xfinity or trucks or Canon like like Connor would love to do, it just it's not going to be possible for us without some help along the way. But you know, he's going to have the best childhood in the world. I can tell you that. You you bring up a great point about the Xfinity series, the trucks, and and all that. You have a lot of parents that own businesses that kind of buy those rides for the kids as they go through, or you latch on with a sponsor that kind of backs them and and kind of comes along for the joyride. I guess you could say as a sponsor of the vehicle that they're going to drive is. <clears throat> Have you seen a difference, and I know the answer to this question for me, but have you seen a difference in Connor's ability to deal with people? Yes. Connor's a 30-year-old man in a 12-year-old's body. He he understands what's going on. He, he knows how to talk to people great. He knows how to shake hands. He knows how to look people right in the eyes. He's wonderful at all that. He can diagnose a car, tell you what's going on with it. He can talk to other drivers he talked to adult drivers about what he needs to work on and maybe what he sees them they need to work on and you know he can hold a conversation with a track announcer after a race yes he can (laughs) so uh, unfortunately i didn't get to interview him this past uh, saturday night after the win but i knew that it was going to be an emotional uh, victory lane speech no doubt about that we're talking with uh, mike waddell and connor waddell and we will be back with them coming up right after this message from our sponsor it's time out with short sports presented by the preston automotive group Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. This portion of the podcast sponsored by Perretmoy Therapy Associates located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perretmoy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. And uh, Mike Waddell, Connor Waddell with us. Connor's 12, Mike's not. And um, Mike... You had mentioned how, you know, the old man of the sport. Um, a lot of folks, Connor mentioned a little while ago um, uh, about Don Hughes and, and buying the uh, uh, car and, and that uh, Tyler Hughes used to uh, drive. You guys had quite the relationship with Don Hughes. Tell me about how that has helped inspire and, and motivate you and your team to do what you're doing now? Well, I met Don when I was still arena racing, and they were the ones that were 
legend car racing and he, he invited me to race race his backup legend car at old dominion and um one of the best experiences in my life was that during my first practice session at old dominion speedway i spun out five times and people wrecked all around me <laughs> and uh, they came down to don and told him to tell me to get off the track and he said nope got every right to be there kind of like what we saw this weekend at dominion raceway with some of these slow cars you know we don't like racing around them they have every right to be there but um, during those practice sessions, you know, during qualifying that same day, when I was trying to qualify the car, I pancaked the wall and I took out the rear end of housing and the front end of the car and I came into pits and, you know, I'm new to our relationship as a friendship and I pull in and, and I, I look at Don and say, I wrecked your car. We're going to take it home and fix it. And he looked at me and says, oh, no, we're not. This thing's going to be race ready in an hour. Let's get started. He's always very calm, very smooth. And sure enough, an hour later, that car was ready to race. And um, his whole life was just like that, where nothing bothered him. He was very level-headed. He didn't get flustered, and he focused. And um, that's what we try to practice. So Don passed away a few years ago. He uh, fighting cancer. He, he fought, what, I think three times, didn't he? He did. He came to us the first time and said he has colon cancer, had part of his colon removed, and then it came back clean, and like one year later, exactly another test and more cancer, and had more of his colon removed, and um, came back clean for maybe another year. And then after that, they told him he had more cancer, and then when they did the test, they told him they weren't going to be able to help him. Wow! And uh, of course, at that point, uh, he, you know, had his wife and and his son Tyler. Uh, they at that point they were running late model stock cars. And uh, and also playing around still with the legends, but he was also a huge part in your race team uh, with with the legends and and being a uh, somebody that uh, Connor could look up to with the quarter midgets. Yeah, so Don built his own quarter midgets. The quarter midget that Connor first started racing with, Don was a builder, so he built that quarter midget from scratch. Um, the legend cars are are a series where you got to buy. Um, you know, it's a spec racing series, so we're mm-hmm. all driving the same cars. It's all about setup. But the first late model that Tyler ran was an $8,000 car at Old Dominion. You might remember those days, but it was an $8,000 car. We, we had the oldest, junkiest, cheapest car at the track. So we learned how to race on the oldest, junkiest, cheapest car on the track. And all we did was work on setup and driver. And Tyler won a race in his first year in that oldest, mm-hmm. junkiest, cheapest car on the track. And and uh, it just shows that all you, it's just hard work and determination can get you where you want to go. And you guys are now racing. Uh, the name of your race team is Team Don Racing in his memory. You bet. I mean, that's that's what we want to do. It's, I'm proud of Connor for remembering that during his interview. I didn't. But uh, that's why Connor's sharper than me. Yeah. But, yep, every every race we run, we're, we race for Don. We We miss him and we love him and we're here because of him. Good stuff. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with racing, and but maybe they're hearing this interview and they're thinking about, oh man, it would be so much fun to get out and do that. If if you have a kid, you have go kart racing out there. Uh, I know down in Mardella Speedway, they have racing in, in Del Mar on the dirt. Um, but if you want to get out and race a little bit. Is the quarter midget uh, quarter midgets a way to go for somebody that's five? Um, I believe so. The quarter midgets are the safest form of racing, as far as I'm concerned, with small cars because they're full roll cage cars. 
Um, you know, they run little Briggs and Stratton motors or little Honda motors. You can, mm-hmm. you can pick. You can run either class. And um, it's a very safe environment. They do a, a class where they train you right from the ground up at any age, whether you want to start racing at 5 years old or 14 years old. Quarter midgets are for kids that are that advertise 5 years old to 16, but they will let you train at 4 and a half years old. Hmm. So it's 5 to 16 years old for quarter midgets. Most of the children, if they really love racing, they're out of there by 14 or 15 years old anyway, and they're moving on to legend cars or 600s or dirt modifieds or whatever they want to race, you know. And But there's, you know, you got the – Delaware has a few tracks not got, far from where we currently are, you know, Millbridge Speedway and, and a Blackbird and a whole bunch in Pennsylvania. And Middle, Middleford there, uh, just oh, outside Middleford, of Seaford, yeah. yeah. And, and like you yeah. said, Blackbird up in Newark area. Uh, you know, so there are some race race tracks around here, and then if you want to drive, there's a uh, quarter midget track uh, on dirt just outside of the Hagerstown Speedway. In fact, as well, where you've raced several times. So, right. if somebody's wondering, wonder what that would cost. I mean, what what kind of budget on a quarter midget are you thinking that folks, uh, you know, just getting just getting started? Um, you could pick a quarter midget up for fifteen hundred dollars. And you can race on one set of tires, so that's maybe four hundred dollars for the year. Cost twenty dollars to get into a track. You pay for the car, not the people. Right. So it's twenty dollars to get into a track. So if you had one car and you just wanted to try it, you buy the car one time. You can race it every year. You might choose to refresh the motor. That costs about four or five hundred dollars once a year. Um, if you're running a local track, that's not too important. You don't lose a lot of horsepower mm-hmm. in the motors. So you so. If, you know, once the initial investment's made on the car, you um, you could easily race on five hundred dollars your budget at your local track, no problem. And it's a very affordable way to get started. If you want more information, I would encourage you to you know check out Blackbird or check out Middleford, Middleford Speedway. Uh, they have uh, all sorts of different racing options there as well. And and like you said, I think it is safer than a go kart because you end up in a go kart and. You have nothing around you. <laughs> so. Yeah, nothing around you. You're not seatbelted in. You're designed. The whole idea behind a go-kart is if it flips or something happens, they, they want you to launch away from the cart so it doesn't land on you. Yeah. In a quarter measure, you're seatbelted in with a five-point seatbelt. Very safer than football. You know, you, you can take a hit in a wall head-on with a neck restraint and all, and you're just – the kids are perfectly fine. The cars take it like a champ. Well, it sounds like uh, an affordable way for somebody that would want to get started. Uh, is there a way that folks can uh, follow you on Facebook, maybe with a Facebook page for you know uh, Mike Waddell or Connor Waddell or even the team? Yep, the team has a Facebook page at uh, Waddell Motorsports. All right, so you can follow along on Facebook that way. If you're interested in sponsoring uh, them, you can reach out to uh, Mike through Waddell Motorsports on Facebook as well, I'm sure, right? You'll take any and all sponsors. We sure do. Yep. <laughs> We'd love to have you on our cars, and uh, and uh, I'm sure that when Connor puts a car in victory lane again, he'll he'll thank you very much. Oh, no doubt about that. Connor, uh, you know, this has been a... Uh, uh, fun for folks to get to hear you talk a little bit as a 12-year-old. And how many more wins do you think you can scratch up this year before the season ends in October? Well, I want to at least get one more, but I, I don't think I'll get two more. Hopefully just one more because two, two wins in my like second year, but my first year at Dominion, that's pretty special. 
It, it is. And uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Greatly appreciated. And we look forward to checking back in with you guys to find out how much more success you've had over the course of the season. Does that sound good? Sure does, Mark. Thanks a lot. Thank you. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. So it was good to catch up with Mike and Connor Waddell. If you ever want to check out the, them racing, You'll look for the INEX Legend Series at Dominion Raceway. Go to dominionraceway.com, and uh, you can see the race schedule there. And if the INEX Legends are on the schedule, then Mike and Connor are going to be racing there. But uh, Connor's gotten so much better as the announcer at the racetrack. I, I can tell you he's gotten so much better racing and, and being racy, I guess you could say. Uh, and, and being competitive, and it's a lot of fun to see a 12-year-old. Alec Andrix, I don't think he's over 15, you know, but to see those you know, youngsters racing with the older people, uh, I think that is just absolutely amazing and, and so fun to watch them continue to develop and see if they can go places because I, they have the talent. It's just will the money be able to get them there? There's no doubt about that. Want to take a moment to talk about the District 6 Little League action that's uh, getting started. Also, uh, the District 8 Little League actions getting started with the All-Star Tournaments. Uh, District 8 down in Salisbury. But uh, the 8- to 10-year-olds for District 6 get started on Monday night uh, when we were recording this. Easton and South Carolina will play, and so does Tri-City and Home Run Baker. Tuesday night, it's Kent and Cambridge, as well as uh, looks uh, like Caroline North and Queen Anne's. And then on Wednesday night, uh, it's going to be Denton facing the winner of the Easton South Caroline contest. And there'll also be a loser's bracket contest as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, over the course of this week. Championship game should fall on the 28th, maybe the 29th if necessary. But uh, nonetheless, it is going to be an exciting tournament. That's 8- to 10-year-olds. They're being played in Denton. The, uh, let's see, the, the 9- to 11-year-olds, very disappointed in the fact that only three teams are competing at the Easton Little League and Northeastern Park. Home Run Baker, Dorchester, and Caroline North are the only ones to field teams in the 9-11. to 11. The 10-12, to 12, that's that's your Little League uh, championship bracket. And uh, the several teams there. That gets started on the 6th of July. Caroline and Home Run Baker facing off, and so will South Caroline and Kent. On the 7th, it'll be Easton and Queen Anne's. And Dorchester is going to play the winner of Home Run Baker and Caroline 
on the 7th. And those tournament games will continue all the way uh, to uh, at least through the 12th, maybe the 13th of July. Junior League Baseball tournament will start uh, on the 9th of July. That's going to be Talbot, Dorchester, and South Carolina. Senior League actually starts on the 26th of June. That's Queen Anne's, Talbot, and Kent County. And then uh, when you get into softball, Senior League softball starts on the 28th. Caroline, Talbot, and Dorchester in that tournament. 10 to 12-year-old softball, that's the Little League softball. Just three teams, Caroline, Dorchester, and Talbot. That starts on the 27th, and that'll be played at Northeastern Park. And uh, 8 to 10-year-old softball, again, just three teams, Tri-City, Caroline, and Cambridge. That starts on July 5th at Cambridge Little League. And, you know, when you look, the numbers, where are these kids going? What is the problem with Little League baseball and softball? Why are the numbers what they are? That's the million-dollar question, and I think we need to figure that out. Is the game too slow for kids now? Are they losing interest because the games move so slow? Are they finding more interest in lacrosse because lacrosse teams seem to be up? I'm kind of curious. And feel free to uh, send me an email with your thoughts as to why local sports seem to be dwindling a little bit. Uh, while, yes, lacrosse has good participation, I don't, think, I don't think our kids are getting out and playing sports like they used to. And I'd be curious to know your thinking as to why that is. So feel free to send me an email at mark at shoresportsmd.com. Mark at shoresportsmd.com. want to thank you for listening today. And before we wrap it up and tell you who our guest is going to be next week, it's going to be a good one. I got another message from one of our fine sponsors here. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hanging out with Bob Pino at an optical gallery. Hard to believe it was 2015, the last time I had my eye exam and replaced my glasses. But now you have hooked me up with some amazing glasses for everyday use. The OVO frames are so lightweight and durable. We have one hanging with a 45-pound weight holding the weight up by the frame. Very durable, lightweight, fashionable. And it's a challenge for me because you said even I could not destruct them. They are very, very durable frames. It's lightweight, strongest frames I've ever had in the store, but very comfortable and stylish. They look good on me, and that's what's important because I need all the help I can get just to look good. An optical galleria. West Water Street in Centerville, Harrison Street in Easton, and in the Tealmarsh Plaza in West Ocean City. You can pick up the phone and give them a call at 443-262-9415. Or always online at eyesandart.net. I would encourage you to check out uh, an optical Galleria for hook sunglasses, too. They are absolutely amazing. Check them out online hookoptics.com or eisenart.net or stop in any of the three locations for an optical galleria downtown centerville on west water street downtown easton on harrison street uh, just across the street from the tidewater inn and in the Tealmarsh plaza on west in west ocean city so coming up next week on the show we are going to have kareem and eric adi ote uh, with us here on the podcast and looking forward to talking with them some big happenings in their family 
And we'll talk about that all next week right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. I'm getting so excited and geared up for our 14th year of Overtime Live on 94.3 Winx FM. It's going to be a great one. we got more news to tell you all about over the next couple of weeks, so sit tight, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Feel free to share this uh, podcast and uh, let friends and neighbors know about racing in the area. And uh, I tell you, the Waddell family, a great family, doing big things, and it was cool to see. 12-year-old Connor Woodell get that first win. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next Tuesday with Kareem and Eric and Mike Bradley's back with us next week as well. All right here. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.